0: Celeb marriage season, Selena Gomez admits she's offline, and how Kylie Jenner fumbled her postpartum vulnerability.
1: We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club, our weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives.
0: We acknowledge that the Woi Woyururong people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded.
1: We'd also like to celebrate their rich history of culture and storytelling that we can learn from. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land.
0: Oh my goodness Jazz, we are probably so sick of each other's faces and voices. We've spent almost every single day together and it also culminated in a midweek adult sleepover
1: yes Wednesday night we had our first ever sleepover and my first adult sleepover in a little while that was very cute got pizza lollies some coke then a very special preview to watch thanks to your job Um, Shall we tell the people what we started watching? We
0: received a certain special screening of a certain special TV show that's coming out in about a month, to be honest, so you don't even have to wait too long, but... We got to watch the first few episodes of Conversations with Friends.
1: So, so good. Did you like what you've seen so far?
0: Yes, I really, really, really liked the first few episodes. So I actually haven't read the Sally Rooney book. You have. So I'm literally going in blind, like don't know what happened. I had a sentence synopsis that I had, um, you know, looked up beforehand. But going in blind, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, Sally Rooney, I think content is always so different to what we typically watch mainstream wise you know the pace is so much slower the conversation the relationships it's always it's very sally rooney-esque
1: yes and you can tell straight away that it is sally rooney the whole like miscommunication awkward relationships lots of tension but it stars joe olwyn aka tales with boyfriend that's who he's known as in this house. Um, he plays like a 30 something year old man. Jemima Kirk is um, his wife, who's a writer. Jemima Kirk is, of course, Jessa from Girls and the new principal in Sex Education, season two. It also stars two newer actresses Alison Oliver, who plays the main character, Frances, and Sasha Lane, who plays Bobby, her best friend uh, slash ex. Yeah, it's a very, so far, we haven't finished it. So we only get a couple episodes, but it's so beautiful. It's such beautiful scenery of Ireland. Um, it's just nice to get lost in, isn't mm. it?
0: Yeah, it's so funny. I feel like Sally Rooney things. are are so moody and broody. You were mm. literally like, why are the characters
1: all so depressed? <laughs> I'm like, why are you depressed at like 21 years old, babe? <laughs>
0: oh my goodness it's so true um but it was such a wholesome sleepover we had it's funny because you're recording in the spare room so I can literally see the bed that I was sleeping in and it's so funny that's so (laughs) this is so much detail but because I see you in your podcasting room week on week and actually being in that room was so weird I was like touching the walls I'm like ah I see this every single week (laughs) in your background
1: it's not just like a um video like a zoom background like a fake bookshelf their real bookshelves so that was very cute we feel like we both had a very nice social week seeing each other so much which is lovely we might have seen each other more this week than like you know other like any other week combined which is very cute
0: yeah it's like seriously every single day day and night like you go to the office you're going to comedy i'm show, so sick we of a party <laughs> it's forever love it
1: So to some pop culture news, Selena Gomez, one of the OG Disney stars and the actress from Only Murders in the Building as well, has revealed she hasn't used the internet in four years.
0: I love that you had that as her acting credential, like kind of this like niche-ish Disney plus series. Nice. <laughs> Excuse me, Wizards of Waverly Place.
1: <laughs> no, I just mean like recently, like I, Disney star. Yeah, and then also
0: the founder of Rare Beauty, I thought we should also mention. Of
1: course, of course. And a singer. She does everything. Everything. We love her.
0: But yeah, this week she did reveal in an interview with Good Morning America, quote, I haven't been on the internet for four and a half years and it has changed my life completely. I am happier. I am more present. I connect with more people. It makes me feel normal.
1: She also said that creating this distance between her public persona and her personal life has also helped her with her struggles with bipolar disorder and anxiety. What did you think when you saw this?
0: I was like, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> Cannot relate, but four years is a long time to go without the internet. And I don't know if she actually clarified if she meant social media or the internet, but I Mm. actually think she means the internet. But that feels just so Mm. far-fetched that I can't fathom that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a very privileged position to be in, isn't it? Like you can afford to pay someone to keep up appearances and post things. And so she's still participating in the influencer economy and like the attention economy. Um because I've seen her TikToks. Like, when I saw the headline, Selena Gomez has been off the internet for four years, I was so confused because I was like, saw her on my For You page this morning, bestie. But it turns out that in a previous interview with Vogue from March last year, she sends photos and texts her assistant to post to Instagram, and Twitter on her behalf. She said, everyone always asks me, are you secretly on? Are you lying? And I'm like, I have no reason to lie.
0: This part is the part where I found quite interesting because I'm not too surprised about the social media side. Like I'm Mm. sure, you know, people have assistants and PR managers and whatnot for that. But she also said, this was in the interview with Vogue, that she gets her news mostly from, quote, an older woman that I'm really close with and she wouldn't reveal the identity. She also said, And I watch CNN, but I try not to do it too much because I'm empathetic to the point that I'll cry at anything. I cried a lot during quarantine just for the pain of everyone else.
1: Didn't we all do that?
0: An empath? I'm an empath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, good for her. Why does it feel like we're bitching about (laughs) someone when you bitch for 10 (laughs) minutes? Yeah, no, but good for her. Oh no, they're so happy for her.
0: Did you see the TikTok that was like, um, like gossiping about people, but under the guise of pop culture analysis and like cultural critiques? Is that not our podcast? Oh I think it probably is because we're so, I mean, I don't want to say we're so online, but it's just such a big part of our lives that it feels so... Um, almost like high horsey of her to just say, even though it's not, you know, she's just telling us mm. that this works for her. Um, I also found interesting that Forbes did an article, kind of um, looking at this, and this Dr. Stephen Decelles told them that we are hardwired for attachment and connection. Social media platforms target the brain regions responsible for human attachment, and we need to understand how tech attachment differs from or is similar to in person attachment.
1: I was thinking about this this week actually because I have been home alone for about a week plus and there were some days where I'd get to the end of the day and people who lived alone in uh, lockdown probably also resonate but you get to the end of the day and I was like oh my god I actually haven't I've physically spoken to my barista like in the morning and I've said hi I'll have an you, no thanks and then I haven't used my voice again until like the very end of the day but I didn't feel lonely at all because I was working, so I was on Slack. I was DMing people and then I'd go on Instagram and I'd get a message from my friend and then I would be on TikTok so I'd hear people's voices and I was like, that's so interesting that I feel like I've still been around people all day because it's their, like, it's that tech kind of chatter that you hear and Mm. I think that's why when you have like I know you used to do it quite a lot but you take like a whole Saturday off your phone Mm. and like why it literally feels quieter because or when you delete apps and stuff have breaks because you literally are like quietening the voices if you're like reading text all day or listening to TikToks and people's voices
0: that is very interesting because I think there's like two things connected there because you are talking about you know you're still talking with people on slack or messaging so you're actually talking with people but then there's that other side that's fueled by parasocial relationships and when you're watching other people's tiktoks or listening to podcasts like you're not interacting but it still feels mm. a little bit like interaction so i do wonder where the lines are there and yeah because cool there's more research on this
1: yeah there must be something like in your brain about hearing people have a conversation makes you feel like you're part of it as Mm. well anyway as we said happy for selena she doesn't like in media though
0: a couple weeks ago on this podcast we chatted about how tennis legend Ash Barty the incredible indigenous australian world number 1 player retired at the ripe old age of 25 in that interview she chatted about not loving the sport anymore and having other goals and dreams she wanted to achieve for me i thought she meant rest <laughs> i thought she wanted to rest but no the woman has been so busy
1: Yes, Ash won her first golfing title, winning the Ladies Golf Championship at the Brookwater Golf and Country Club in Queensland, winning a modest $30, but there's actually more because she's just revealed this weekend that she's actually working on a series of children's books, so cute, inspired by her five-year-old niece, Lucy. The series will have six books and be titled Little Ash. And it's coming out July 6th, which is so soon. So this must have been in the works beforehand. Very sweet because she did cite that she wants to spend more time with her family. And that's a big reason why she's retiring.
0: I can't believe it. Like she must have been juggling so, so, so much. As you mentioned, the book is out in just a few months. So this would have been in the works for months before. Um, And will she slow down? Will there be more things? is this the new sport slashy kind of (laughs) girl boss we'll be
1: aspiring to? She's like, fuck my feel of sponsorship. I'm going to write children's books.
0: Well, I know. What I love about these two is like she won $30 from golf. When I first saw the headlines, I thought she was like in this major league already, but I'm glad that it's just like this local cute cup. You know what I mean? Like a little $30. I wonder what she spent it all on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and the book as well, like that is so so lovely. What a cute project. I love that. We're so much more, um, I guess, lenient on her writing a book, whereas a couple weeks ago we're like, Molly Wayne, why are you (laughs) writing a book?
1: (laughs) All right, time for some couple news. Feels like a new segment. Jenny from The Block, a.k.a. Jennifer Lopez, and actor Ben Affleck, a.k.a. Mr Reaching, if you follow us on Instagram, are officially re-engaged in a short video posted to her website. Interesting. JLo announced that her and Ben Affleck are engaged for a second time 20 years after they were originally engaged.
0: This is so funny because I can't believe she posted the announcement on her website. How chuggy. This reminds me of Paris Hilton um, with her like wedding promo because I jumped um, straight onto JLo's Instagram page and I was like, can't see it. Where
1: Same. It? And then she said in a teaser... Like, it also seemed to promote her website. She said, while giggling, I have a really exciting and special story to share. If you're not a part of my inner circle, you have to go to com to hear this one. It's my inner circle where I share my more personal things. Hmm. That's a pretty
0: good website name. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie,
1: on the JLo. On the
0: JLo, it's pretty good. Um, but yes, a ring was spotted on her finger this week when she was shopping in LA. So I don't remember this because you know I was like two or three years old. But their couple started dating um, back in two thousand and two, and they were quickly dubbed Benefer by the press. And we've of course seen that couple name floating around the pop culture news cycle in the past year as their romance has been reignited
1: so we covered this like when they were first seen together again um so we'll go into all the details but basically the wedding kind of was called off because of so much uh paparazzi and like a media storm around them which is crazy to think um They were seriously contemplating hiring three different decoy brides at three different locations, and then they felt like the spirit of what should have been the happiest day of their lives could be compromised. So then they called off the engagement in early 2004, and then Jennifer was married to Mark Anthony in June of the same year. And then Ben Affleck obviously got married to Jennifer Garner, the actress, in 2005, and they had three children together together jennifer lopez has already has had a couple of children as well and now they're going to have like one big blended happy family in the 66 million dollar bel-air mansion so i think it's nice to see what a trip like to be engaged and then 20 Mm. years passes and you have each have like kids and then you get like re-engaged that's a pretty amazing story
0: yeah, that is a long time coming, and like the timing is impeccable because Shameless also dropped a scandal series. Um, and there's an episode about Ben Affleck that came out recently. Um, yeah, it goes into his kind of um affairs with a nanny and whatnot, and kind of his his highs and lows in the media. And I had no idea about most of it because you kind of peg him in that kind of same class of a lot of I guess actors Mm. of his they like look similar to him and have done similar like you know comedy movies or whatever so it was quite like interesting to listen to if you if you're keen on learning more about him
1: (laughs) yeah I mean he's definitely been in the headlines a lot over the years so listen to Shameless Scandal series if you'd like Congratulations to the happy couple as well.
0: And their wedding celebrations don't stop there. After attending the Grammy Awards, cool couple Courtney and Travis hot-legged it to a chapel in Vegas to tie the knot. Yes.
1: According to an Instagram post by Courtney, she said, found these in my camera roll and said, once upon a time in a land far, far away, Las Vegas, at 2am after an epic night and a little tequila, a queen and her handsome king ventured out to the only open chapel with an Elvis and got married with no license. Practice makes perfect.
0: That is so cute. Sorry, the way that's written, I know it's like, again, a bit tricky or whatever, but I'm like, aww. The
1: pictures were super cute as well. But of course, it's not legally binding just yet. It's more of a gesture because they got married without a license. so They don't have a marriage certificate. Um, But I think it's very very sweet and i'm sure they're gonna have like an official wedding sometime soon she looks so happy
0: do you think they'll have like a massive massive wedding i don't
1: know i don't know if that's their style like they've both had like long relationships before so maybe they're more just happy to keep it low-key but also she's a kardashian so maybe not who knows
0: Mm, i love it i wish it was kind of real i wish that was their wedding ceremony Mm. because the film photos are so cute love a sponty thing Mm -hmm. oh well
1: In February, Kylie Jenner and her partner, Travis Scott, welcomed their second child into the world. While Kylie was notoriously private with her first pregnancy with Stormy, just last month she made headlines when she candidly spoke about her postpartum body in an Instagram video.
0: She admitted that she was finding things harder this time around and that she is struggling both mentally and physically. She said, This experience for me personally has just been a little harder than with my daughter. It's not easy mentally, physically, spiritually. It's just crazy.
1: Kylie continued, I didn't just want to get back to life without saying that because I think we can look on the internet for other mums going through it right now. We can go on the internet and it might look a lot easier for other people and put the pressure on us, but it hasn't been easy for me either. Once I realized that I was putting some pressure on myself, I just keep reminding myself that I made a whole human, a beautiful, healthy boy. We have to stop putting pressure on ourselves to be back, not even physically, just mentally after birth. So yeah, just sending some love. I love you guys. So nice and like candid for Kylie Jenner I feel like she's not often one to speak like that on video
0: well that's the thing I'm quite surprised because I only saw this video it popped up on my YouTube recommended um only a few days ago and I hadn't actually seen much about it like I hadn't seen many articles written up about it whereas Mm. you thought that it would and it's actually really disappointing um that I guess you know her other like scandalous stories or you know mm. if she's wearing something like revealing or whatever it is gets more attention right like had mm. you seen much about this
1: no i didn't see it until another tiktok reference the headline yeah i'm surprised it wasn't bigger news mm. alongside the video there's also this beautiful black and white picture of kylie's postpartum belly with her son's little cute baby feet resting on her belly And many people on Reddit were praising her, saying that first picture, that's exactly how my belly looked like one or two months after birth. The fact that she posted that is refreshing. I love her for this picture. While another person said, I never thought my belly would look like Kylie Jenner's. So like, seems so impactful and refreshing from such like a young influential woman right
0: and like it feels like it's following some of the trends that we've seen with the Kardashians like removing the BBLs and Mm. uh, becoming more I guess pared down and embracing quote-unquote like natural beauty Mm. so maybe you know she it's it's so lovely and I I can't imagine how hard it is for her to like embrace the realness with her body especially after pregnancy and Mm. all that it comes with but what we're about to speak about maybe shows just i guess the inner inner conflict mm. that she's dealing with about this
1: mhm yeah so this week as well it was the premiere of her family's new show the kardashians and kylie stepped out on the red or rather black carpet in this beautiful super tight fitting kind of latex white dress she looked stunning but when i first saw that picture i was like Hold on. I was like, what month is it? I literally was like, mm. is it April? Like, when did she have the baby? Her stomach looked flat as bored understand if something's tight fitting, like it can, you know, like latex, right? But she doesn't look like she had a baby two months ago. In
0: a TikTok video posted by user Residual Data, they note that Kylie was the only member of her family not to be featured in any Getty images of the event. So they kind of note that Getty images are unedited paparazzi shots. And um, if the photos have been edited, Getty has to note that in the caption. So instead, all the photos that are coming out of the event that feature Kylie, they're taken from um, the real SPW, which are personal photographers, meaning a celeb can have more say over the final edit of the photo.
1: In the TikTok as well, it was also reported that Kylie arrived late to the event and she's not seen in the background of any photos, no paparazzi photos, etc., And it kind of just shows like the control that she has and that she wants at least over her, the reveal of her postpartum body. It also showed a picture of uh, Kylie at Disneyland, literally two days before Mm. the event. And she's like in a baggy jumper and like baggy clothes. I'm not saying that like, just because you've had a baby, you have to wear baggy clothes, but the difference is so stark. I sent this to you, like I sent the TikTok video, which um, we will post on our page, but I... Hyperlinked it to you. And I was like, this actually just makes me so sad for Kylie. Like, imagine going, and she said it's hard, it's mentally hard this time around. Imagine going through that, even with all the resources in the world. you've But you've literally just brought human life into the world, your hormones will be going crazy, but you still feel that pressure to control your image, to wear something really tight fitting, and to kind of get straight back to that like super glamorous, like Instagram model look when this could have been, like, another big moment in pop culture for postpartum bodies, like, Mm. the way she was talking in a video was saying, like, wow, it's so great to see the side of Kylie and not that she owes us anything. She can do whatever she wants, whatever she's comfortable with. If going out in a latex dress makes her feel sexy and good about her body after having a baby, that's one thing. But, like, if she had kind of embraced it a bit more, like, maybe it would have helped along that, like, other Kardashians are being a bit more real with us rather than, like, these super filtered images. It reminds me a lot of the chloe Kardashian situation from last year where she like was trying to control this uh unedited photo that had been leaked and it was a whole drama.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. So I so agree with what you're saying about, you know, if she had changed the narrative of what was happening and kind of went down that route that she was kind of talking about in her video and in, and being open with her struggles and being a bit more vulnerable, mm. I feel like that would have been a good PR move, right? Like that would have helped her image in becoming, I guess, someone a bit more relatable if that's what mm. she wants, which is what kind of you're, we're seeing with the Kardashians with, with their increase of interviews that they're doing um, and, and whatnot. Um, I've seen like Kendall's kind of posting more on TikTok and, mm. and what have you. But I think it just shows that, you know, these people that we aspire to or look up to, like, definitely, I mean, this sounds so obvious, but are insecure too and are, Mm -hmm. like, dealing with all the same shit. Like, we we kind of blame the Kardashians and they have a lot to answer for in terms of body image and editing and Instagram culture, but it's, like, they're also victims of that and I think that's what we did say with Chloe as well, but it's sad.
1: Yeah, it is sad. They are the ones who really created this culture or at least, like, made it, like, on a platform, put like, elevated it, I guess. But they're victims of their own success and their own branding, which is just so sad, especially for a how is kind of like year old is, Kylie? like, 23-year-old mom of two. Um, that pressure to, like, even for your average mother who – has just had a baby it's a lot to even go out and see your friends Mm -hmm. or like to see family at an event knowing your body has changed let alone on a bloody red carpet and then in front of the world's cameras knowing that millions of people are going to see that that's like so much pressure
0: it's like that's kind of the aspect of this that I struggle with not the pregnancy side but the fact that she is so um I guess focused on controlling her image the fact that any celebrity thinks that they can have control over like what they look like in the public eye is that's non-existent like that we can't do that in a world of like paparazzi and you know internet sleuths who dig up anything like that is such a really like, anxiety-inducing thing, like, wanting to control your image and there is no way in hell that she'll be able to do that. Mm.
1: But she kind of did. Like, no one's seen these unedited pictures of her. She arrived late to the event. Like, she kind of did control her image and what she's posted of, like, the dress. Yeah, like, the pictures she posted on Instagram. Highly curated. But this is also all a theory. Like, this TikToker has also just put – two and two together of like she didn't use Getty and she's like arrived late and um, she wasn't in the background of anyone's photos so like is it because they're edited maybe she actually does look like that and like that's what you can look like as a 23 year old two months after you've had a baby with the best trainers and the best food in the world and you have nothing else to do but focus on your body apart from like literally feeding a two-month-old baby like Mm. but you know they've got nannies and all That stuff, so it's a very big conversation, but um, yeah, this is the biggest thing. I'm just sad for Kylie, really. Yeah,
0: I will add that they do look pretty edited, I think. The photos, mm-hmm. um, and it's interesting because you're right, you're like, she has control over the images that are released to the public, but she hasn't been able to control public perception because now we're seeing her as someone who's a bit sad which sounds terrible but we get to see this side of her so Mm -hmm. (sighs) anyway this is an interesting i think quite different kardashian news story that we have had this week so yeah it's time for recommendations jazz what did you read watch or listen to this week that you'd like to
1: recommend Well, we're going to do two recommendations each this week just for fun, and I have a book and a podcast. So a book that I've loved recently and I've been getting lost in is called Modern Love, The Lives of John and Sunday Read, and it's a little bit niche. Uh, It looks like a textbook when you look at it, but it is a book about the lives of the Heidi Museum of Art here in Victoria, Melbourne. Um... It's the Lives of the Founders, John and Sunday Reed. They were champions of modernism and this kind of catalyst for generations of Australian artists and writers. So it goes through their life stories and then when they met, which was in 1930, and they both come from money. They're both very affluent families, like settler coloniser families. Um like john read law at cambridge and they would travel between like melbourne and europe in like the 1920s so like on boats for month for month like they were like oh yes and then we pop and then the couple popped to london on a holiday for like a month and you're just like oh my god yes like people were traveling overseas back then i just feel like it's not like um that well known or something but anyway um It charts their kind of, like, young lives together and then how they get into the art world in Melbourne and they had this open relationship and they would, like, kind of uh, almost, like, adopt these artists, you know, who were also adults but, like, they had this real, like, collective vibe going and um, they would each, like, have affairs with different artists and then they created, like, they bought this property out in Heidelberg in Melbourne, which is, like, in the suburbs and um up north they created this art museum and gallery and yeah it's just been so fascinating to follow their lives because it weaves in like the history of Melbourne so they'll be like uh the couple dined at like this Russian cafe at 396 Little Collins Street and then I've been like on Google Maps like oh, oh that's that shop now and then also art history of course and like Australia's art history which is really interesting. So it's been nice to escape to a world from 100 years ago, but also where we live. Like, I don't know, there's something, maybe it's egotistical, but there's something kind of comforting that, like, people used to live normal lives here, like hundreds. Mm -hmm. It's, like, interesting to think of, like, people just going about their daily business in the streets that we walk through now, but, like, in a different world. It's fascinating. So anyway, if you're into, like, biographies and real, like, nonfiction stuff, I would recommend that. Also, you kind of have to be interested in art because it's, like, talks about different artists and how they built up this community. So, yeah, a bit of a random one, but one I've been really enjoying. I bought it from the Heidi Gallery. Well, it was a gift from my
0: auntie. That is so special. I visited Heidi twice now, and it's such a um lovely lovely museum we have in there like have in melbourne um it's got such a nice like sculpture park as well so mm. i'd heard i think they like mentioned the founders a bit when you go in and stuff but i didn't realize how tumultuous their like mm-hmm. lives were and how much saucy love
1: yeah <laughs> and stuff
0: is in their story so that's cool
1: It's so saucy, which is funny to think of like, I guess like Victorian era where like, oh, everyone was so like conservative and stuck up and like you just got married super young and you had 12 kids or whatever. Well, maybe not in 1920, but you know, like. but then they had this like quite modern outlook on life that would even be considered modern today, I think. Mm. In a totally different realm, I also recommend the You're In Good Company podcast, so have you heard this one?
0: Yes. Um I know they used to write a bit for fashion journal as well, but yeah, my friend loves their pod too.
1: Yeah. So, so good. So it's hosted by friends, Maddie Guest and Sophie Dicker, and it's all about starting the conversation and creating a community around financial freedom and confidence. Each week, the women bring on experts to help you navigate everything you need to know about investing. And they have very interesting experts, and they're usually women, which is great to hear as well. So they recently spoke to Alex Nikolic from Broke Girl Wealth, who if you don't follow her on Instagram, she's very interesting. She talks a lot about the importance of uh, figuring out your net worth and like just investing in general. Also, they've spoken to Emma Edwards from The Break Generation, who has been a guest on this podcast as well. Uh, The comedian Frooms has been on and the CEO of Adult Beauty. So like a good mixture of like Australian women. They also have basics to the stock market, which stocks to invest in, and deep dives into ETFs. So it's a really nice way to learn about investing because I'm such a newbie and I find it very daunting. And so to hear from young women our age, like they sound like they could just be your friend and you're just out for coffee with these women who are just like very smart and switched on when it comes to money and investing. So you're not getting spoken down to, like, I hate listening to podcasts, usually by men, like money podcasts, usually by men. I don't listen to them much at all because sometimes it can feel super condescending and like, well, you should already know that an ETF is blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas this is, much more accessible entry-level stuff. So, yeah, if you're interested in money conversations, then listen to You're In Good Company. Yeah,
0: I've heard so much about them. I'm wondering, do you have to listen to them in any order? Like have you started from the start or...?
1: I did listen to a few episodes at the start just because they were like the basics, like what you need to know about the stock market and what's an ETF. Um, But now I kind of jump in and out because I just have different guests on and – yeah, they you don't have to listen to it in chronological order. You can like jump in wherever you want because they cover different topics each week. So it's like what do you want to listen to? Like there was a recent one about um what to do because the stock market is crashing or um the Ukraine Russia situation. So yeah, some of them are like timely, but others are just like a how to, which is super handy.
0: Love it.
1: And what do you recommend for us this week?
0: I've got two. Let me start with an article. I read it in the physical good weekend paper this weekend Um, and the article was called happy as laurie and the subheading read fight your intuition know the signs of burnout don't view everything through a prism of progress and put away that smartphone yale's vaunted happiness lecturer laurie santos details the path to contentment so yeah, it was essentially an interview with this Yale University cognitive scientist who is known to her class that she started back in 2018 called Psychology and the Good Life. And she's also got a podcast called The Happiness Lab. Um, weirdly enough, this actual article is an edited um, bit of a New York Times article, but yeah, it was republished by The Age. I thought it was interesting because she's taking a leave of absence from her work because she's aware of the symptoms that suggest that burnout is around the corner. So, you know, the interview begins by being like, so I hear you're taking a break from work because of burnout. And she's like, whoa, 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 no, I am doing it so I don't become burned out, which I found that was a nice distinction that she was making.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So I'll quote her. She said, It's not like one morning you wake up and you're burnt. You're noticing more emotional exhaustion. You're noticing what researchers call depersonalization. You get annoyed with people more quickly. You immediately assume someone's intentions are bad. You start feeling ineffective feels <laughs> But yeah, she had some good advice in the article. There are two points I kind of want to point out that maybe I'll start thinking about more or something. One is about the use of our phones. So she was saying that um, this comes from the journalist Catherine Price, but she mentions the acronym WWW. What for? Why now? And what else? So this is supposed to be like when you pick up your phone, what was that for? Was there a purpose? Then why now? Do you have something to do or were you just bored or anxious or fighting some craving? And then what else? Actively noticing the opportunity cost. It could be studying. It could be talking to your roommate. Mm. So it's almost like not even just thinking about like why we're on our phone, but it's like what we're missing out on and what could, you know, what we're losing out on instead, which is is a nice and kind of intimidating way to Mm. think about it.
1: That's kind of anxiety-inducing though, because it's like you're like wasting yeah, wasting your time, like missing out on other stuff. Like I don't know, is it? It's like a bit of tough love.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of. I mean, to some extent, it's like go on your phone. That's fine. You don't have to like um fool yourself. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of the time, I find myself. You know, it's it's to distract or not mm. deal with other things and whatever. So that's cute. Um, Another thing I found interesting was she was talking about the link between money and happiness. Oh my God, so much money talk in our recommendations. But she found or, you know, she pointed to evidence that found that money only makes you happier if you live below the poverty line and you can't put food on your table and then you can afford to. So, she kind of pointed to like you know someone on 100k getting a bonus or a pay rise up to 800k it's very minimal the happiness jump like at the research Mm. points to this so yeah there's a lot of evidence apparently that it doesn't affect your positive emotion too much and you know it's such a thing where we're like oh until i get more money or oh i get the new job like i'll be happy but a lot of research Mm. shows that "Mm, no it won't so I mean I'll put that to the test (laughs) yeah (laughs) give us half a mil. let's see how we feel yeah
1: someone who sponsored the podcast give us half a mil. we'll test the theory
0: (laughs) we'll be the guinea pigs for this (laughs) this particular one
1: no that's really interesting I've already opened the link in a new tab to read later on so thank you for recommending that And anything else What are you enjoying? Yeah,
0: some sugar to end with. It's funny because we've been together so much. I'm like, what have I read and listened to (laughs) and watched that? Hasn't been with you. But um, Bridgerton, in the most obvious, I guess, recommendation of these Past few couple of weeks. So, season two recently dropped, and season one, if you didn't tune into Bridgerton, um, became the most watched series on Netflix at that time of the premiere, which is wild. And if you haven't seen it, it's a TV adaptation of a book series by Julia Quinn, and it's set against the backdrop of Regency era London. It follows the siblings of the Bridgerton family who navigate society and love and romance and everything like that Um, it's quite cute because Julie Andrews is a voiceover she voices the anonymous and ever scandalous gossip columnist Lady Whistleton so essentially it's gossip girl but make it period drama I'm pretty sure I actually recommended season yeah. one back then. <laughs> getting but deja vu. I know, deja vu. I think I literally said that same line. <laughs> um, but honestly, like, I enjoyed the first season without giving it too much thought. Um, so, you know, when this when I announced that Bridgerton season two was dropping I wasn't even that excited like I didn't even watch it for a week but it's actually been really good escapism I've only finished the first two episodes episodes are an hour long each Um, but it's so visually fun to watch like my eyeballs are aesthetically pleased it feels like candy or something it's like super pastel-y pastel colored and it's really gorgeous as of course the costumes are really pretty and the interiors are divine so it's actually just like really nice to watch and this season introduces two new main characters two sisters played by simone ashley and teretra chandran two incredible South Asian actresses um there's been a lot written on I guess the casting of this and how it subverts tokenism um co-worker Alicia Vajral actually wrote about this um for Refining 29 and one quote that I really like from Chandran herself was that quote I think what's special about Bridgerton is that one, our brownness isn't an afterthought. It's not the entirety of our characters, but it's actually a thoughtful part of it. I think the fact that Kate and Arena, the characters, are Indian adds to the weight of family obligation and obligation to marry well. It's a core part of the story and it's really thoughtfully done. So a lot of the conversation around Bridgerton has been like, oh my god, like I love that race isn't a thing, like... Mm-hmm people of all ethnicities just live together it's not like you know it's like oh I can't see color vibes but the thing Mm. is it's not (laughs) like (laughs) yes and no obviously it subverts like the hierarchy of race and stuff but no the characters are Indian and there are great nods to that in the series Mm. and I think not looking at that and kind of just rendering that as invisible is such a disservice mm. and it's like so rude like I find it <laughs> so rude sorry I've had a few conversations with people who have said yeah. that and I'm like no so yeah, yeah it's giving
1: I don't see color, color which is like such a problematic yeah saying I have a secret shame and that is I never finished in season one.
0: one oh yeah Ali it's like period it's like get sex it's like <laughs>
1: I think I watched, like, half of season one and I just, like, got bored. I don't know. So I really – but, like, I really want to watch this season.
0: And honestly, it could even be, like, a background show you put Mm -hmm. on. It doesn't really require all your attention. But it's just, Mm -hmm. like, nice to escape from. I'm like,
1: yeah, I'm really enjoying it right now. It's nice. Okay. Wow. Thanks for another great episode. That flew by. Oh, my
0: goodness. How jam-packed was that? Thank you all for listening.
1: And we will chat with you next week.
0: Of course. And remember, if you're not checking us out on Instagram at Culture Club Pod, do that. Um, But apart from that, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.